What's up, guys? This is uh, Talking Dogs Podcast here with uh, Talking Dogs. Here with my co-host, Matty Light, and uh, Zona Cats Football, a.k.a. Torin. Uh, what's going on, man? Not much. How's it going? I uh, just watched uh, you know, UCF uh, take the L and um, ruin my uh, pick'ems, and I uh, know they, they ruined your parlay as well, so I guess we're all in the same boat here. Yep, we're not making money. Plumley strikes again. Yeah, man. Uh, not really sure what they're going to end up doing doing down there in Orlando, but not too worried about it. So, uh, man, uh, tell us, uh, are you in uh, Tucson? Like, did you go to Arizona? Like, what kind of what's your background with the team? So, uh, I'm born and raised in Tucson, Arizona. Um, been here my whole life. Uh, I was born and raised a wildcat. You know, my mom and dad, they just – everything U of A. Um, I was actually – fortunate enough to get to go down and um, be a part of the parade for the Wildcats uh, national championship in 97 for basketball. Cool. So that was pretty awesome. Um, but as far as Arizona Wildcats football, man, it's just, it's something that's special to me. Like I've, I've always had a passion for it and um it kind of sucked the last couple of years because of Kevin Sumlin. I felt like it really just lost what it meant to be a Wildcat, really, for Wildcats football. Um, there wasn't as much passion. Like, even when Rich Rod was there, at least there were some open practices. Um, yeah. They really tried to get fans involved. And when Kevin Sumlin came in, it just kind of changed the culture. And I feel like that's what Jetfish is trying to trying to do, trying to get Arizona back to being a family. Yeah. yeah. Would you say that like Kevin, someone like killed the program or was it more than him? Like, was it like an administration thing as well? Or just like a multiple amount of things? I mean, the, the hire in its in a sense was pretty bad because when you think of where Kevin, someone came from and you know, he came from Texas A&M. He, he brought um, Grant Gannell with him. He brought Booby Curry with him. Um, and we were thinking, you know, this is going to be a great start. We're going we're gonna to have everything going for us. And he didn't engage with uh, the fans. Um, he, he did bring in some recruits, but it felt like his recruiting – wasn't as good and I think that's large in part because at Arizona you can't just come in and expect recruits to come you have to do your due diligence yeah, whereas at Texas A&M yeah I mean Texas A&M I mean the 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 place practically recruits itself mm-hmm. I mean Absolutely. Kyle Field is I mean they got home. they got more money than anybody in football in college football though. other than Texas but yeah yeah but <laughs> Texas Longhorn Network. Yeah. Yeah. Five and seven. Well, Kansas. so what's what's kind of the vibe around there? I know y'all haven't had this new coach for very long, but uh, from what I've seen, it seems like it's y'all are kind of on the upswing now. Like, what's the vibe around there? Do y'all like him? Y'all like the change of pace? Uh, how are you feeling about this new new administration, new coaching staff? Yeah, we – we're actually really excited. I mean, I'll I'll be completely honest, and I'm I'm a very honest person. Um, I can say that I was not on board with the hire when we first hired Jetfish. 
Um, just because, you know, we, we had already had the Kevin Sumlin come in and then we get, we get a guy from, you know, kind of like an NFL based spot, hasn't been a head coach. There's all these uncertainties and, you know, it does kind of throw some red flags. You're like, Oh, is he just getting, you know, the job because, you know, he's friends with the, the president and stuff like that. So there was some kind of uncertainties that were going around, but I think overall with what he's done, like, yes, he only got one win his first season, but I mean, when you look at his recruiting and the people that he brought in, he brought in the right people, people that are going to change that culture. I mean, Tyler Owens, I mean, I cannot say enough about that dude. He He's turned our players from being just average Joes to almost pros. And it's impressive. I mean, coming from Alabama, he, he already understands what it takes to be that level. And he's getting our players to that level. What, uh, what position is he coach or is he strength and conditioning? He's strength and conditioning. Okay. Gotcha. Is this gotcha. your second yeah. year with the new coach? Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, what years did y'all have Rich Rod? We had Rich Rod, I want to say. Is it like eight or 19? I say it's either 2010 or 2011. Oh, he was that long ago? Yeah, because um, I think someone come came in around. 16 i think i think someone came in at 2016 to 2019 he may have been the end of 16 but i know for a fact we we beat them in starkville in 16 when someone was still there and they were ranked number four and we sucked that year and we beat them uh so it may have been 17 i'm gonna gonna look it up i'm curious i don't even know what he's doing anymore uh dude i don't even think he's wait no he did get a coaching job he's in the um, USFL. Oh my gosh! He's, yeah, he's the Houston Gamblers head coach. That's hilarious. Yep, that's that's what it was. Yep. Yeah, he uh, uh, he lucked out with Johnny Manziel, and I think he just kind of rode that wave. Yep, and it's downhill ever since. And some sometimes that's that's what happens. Unfortunately, um, right. I personally was hoping for less miles, and I mean, granted, I. Don't think that would have been a good situation after seeing what he did with Kansas. Absolutely not. (laughs) uh, But, I mean, you know, when when you're thinking of, like, the two people together, though, I mean, like, I feel like Les Miles at least had more more success than Kevin Sumlin did. But I Uh, I think Les Miles kind of goes back to the thing you were talking about earlier about, like, the recruiting and everything, because LSU is the same way. Everybody in Louisiana, it recruits itself, right? So, like, I don't think Les Miles was super great on the recruiting trail in that aspect either, and I think a lot of the players that came to him, he just was always over – like, LSU is just always so talented, and sometimes that can make up for poor – poor coaching in some some aspects yeah. you know also less miles like his play style his offensive scheme like became outdated around the time that he was like leaving lsu like he That's he liked true. to line it up have like if he could have all 11 people on the field be offensive linemen he would do it yeah. i mean he just loved running 
power left, power right. I mean, he was just so hard on that. And obviously, like the past 10 or 15 years, like the game has been changing to either you have a dual threat guy that can do a little bit of everything or your pro style and you sling the ball around a lot, uh, at least for 80 to 90% of teams. So, yeah, the Kansas project was a failure. And I, I will tell you, um, when Arizona was actually looking for a coach, I actually wanted the, the current head coach for Kansas, Lance Leopold. That dude was amazing for him. Buffalo. Oh, okay, okay, Buffalo coach. Yeah, he, he turned Buffalo around. I mean, basically got them to where they needed to be and were winning, having winning seasons. Um, and, you know, Buffalo is not a place that you can just, you know, get players to come automatically. I mean, you're talking about a cold place, so you have to really recruit players. And he did a fantastic job. So I think when you go to those small schools, you have to have somebody that will really focus on recruiting. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we know that being in the in the SEC West and having to compete with, you know, Bama poaching our best players in the state and LSU poaching our best players in the state and et cetera. So uh, we definitely feel you there. I mean, um, what is like the state of like high school football in Arizona? Like, is it is it deep and talented, or do y'all like recruit out of California mostly? So, I mean, it really depends. I mean, if you're if you're talking Phoenix, you're talking about some really highly talented talented schools. We're talking uh, um, Hamilton Huskies. We're talking Saguaro uh, with the G. Um, so there there's um, Chandler's. Um, always in the top 10 on max preps. So there, there is some schools out there that definitely have the talent. In Tucson, we have South Point. We have Sabino. Um, I think I'm, CDO is another one. Um, CDO is the school that Bijan Robinson came from. So there, there is some schools that have talent. Um, and like, for instance, uh, you know, Stanley Berryhill, his mother – two brothers are playing at Sabino right now. Got you. Well, uh, getting into, I guess, just the season, like what what were your thoughts about y'all's win last week? Uh, I watched, I guess, the abridged version. I thought y'all looked pretty good. It looked much, much better than, than last year. Uh, and, like, what's the state of the fan base right now? Um, and just, like, how excited are y'all on a scale of 1 to 10, I guess? Yeah, so I I feel like, as a fan base, I feel like fans are more um, more excited with how the team is going right now. I feel like um, the coaches have the right mindset. The players have the right mindset. Um, they all have the goals that we're supposed to meet. Um, look, is it going to be a perfect road? Probably not. I mean, the chances of us beating every single team on our record, this our, our schedule this season, is probably highly unlikely. I do think we might have some close games. I mean, if you look back on um, last season, even though we did only win one game, we had a lot of close games. Yeah, I saw that. And, and if you if you put in perspective that we have stronger players now because we've really got them healthier and better and more fit, there's a chance that we can start winning those close games instead of losing them. So is it going to be a 12-win season? No. But um, there's a very good possibility we win. We go seven and five. Um, the Pac-12 doesn't look 
super deep this year. Um, yeah. Oregon looked atrocious against they looked Georgia. Awful. Even, yeah. I mean, I mean, even, even if Oregon, you know, it was a fluke game or whatever, they, they played absolutely atrocious. Utah, yeah. I mean, I was hoping Utah was going to kind of like take the reins and like be that team, but they they flopped. Um, so right now, I mean, you got USC, who's a very possible um, Pac-12 team right now. UCLA is still an option. Um, granted, they're kind of iffy when they they're too hit or miss. Um, Oregon State's another one that's been really hot. They they played great against Boise State last week. But I mean, I think the um, the fan base is super excited. Um, a lot of people didn't know what to expect playing against SD, SDSU. I was actually at the game last year in Arizona, and we got blown out. Right. It was it was absolutely awful to watch. Me and my mom were sitting there and watching our team get obliterated by San Diego State. Now, granted, um, you know, every year is different, and you know, sometimes that's how how the game goes, but. Yeah. Um, and they were I, good last year to like to y'all's credit. Like I think they were like twelve and two. SDSU was. Yeah, and that that's the crazy part. Um, Hello. Oh. Um, yeah. So, um, they they were a good team last year. So when you go from you know a team that was doing really well and. You know, then this year they just didn't play that well in the first game. Maybe it was just first game jitters. I'm not too sure. Um, it's funny because Braxton Burmeister was actually uh, um, committed to Arizona and then, you know, decommitted. So it's kind of funny how that all worked out. Hmm. Yeah, looking at y'all's schedule this year, like, yeah, I mean, I think uh, y'all can easily make a bowl game for sure. And seven and five, I think is very very realistic, especially with Oregon looking the way they looked last week. Uh, and like y'all got, still got NDSU and, and Cal. Y'all, I know y'all beat Cal last year. I'm not sure how Colorado is going to be. Uh, USC is probably, you know, a loss. And Utah is probably TBD, but I'm kind of just waiting on Utah because I know the Swamp is a tough place to play. So I'm trying to give them some, some slack there. But the rest of the schedule looks pretty uh, – you know, at it, it, the very worst, like a coin toss game, and some of these I think y'all can definitely, definitely win. After what I saw <clears throat> last week, um, who, who were like some? I mean, obviously, like Delora is like an impact player, but like, who are some other guys that uh, like we should be like keeping an eye out for that you expect to make big plays in the game uh, tomorrow? Well, I mean, I know uh, Jacob Cowling is going to be one that's going to come up no matter what because that dude was phenomenal last week too, um, but. You know, on offense, um, I would definitely look for uh, T Mac. Um, he's he's amazing, man. Uh, that that dude. He on TV he looks small, but in person he's huge. Uh, he's like six four as a wide receiver, and I mean he he can just he can go up and get it. He can uh, um, outrun the defense. I mean, he's a five-star wide receiver that was originally uh, committed to Oregon, flipped to Arizona, um, decided to come with uh, Noah Fafita and Kean Burnett. Um, another player is uh, Michael Wiley. Um, 
everybody's going to probably talk about DJ Williams because he's kind of like the, the guy that came from Florida State. I think he played for Auburn as well. Um, he's a hard running back, but uh, Michael Wiley is just really sneaky in the way that he runs. Like you'll you'll see him when he plays. He's he's just has these like moments where he's got, like these little flashes. It's almost kind of like Frank Gorich. You know how he has like those yeah, moments yeah, where yeah. he like, just has these bursts of uh, runs, and you're just like, dang, look at that! Like it's even at, kind even of at like forty years old, but man was still running. Yep. With uh, with me not knowing much about Arizona football, like uh, the only I guess connection I have out there is uh, my dad actually went to Arizona State. So you know, every time I, if there's an Arizona State game on, I'll sometimes watch it just because of that reason. But like, um, I don't watch much Arizona football, and I was kind of wondering, like, what's y'all's offensive uh, game plan? Like, what do y'all usually uh, not game plan, but you know, yeah. how do y'all? Like what? What's the offensive niche for Arizona? Y'all run first, pass first. Y'all like the op, read option type thing. Like, what do y'all? What do y'all usually lean on? Because everyone knows we're air raid kind of situation. So uh, yeah, Leach so, now. Uh, yeah, and uh, we're we're very familiar with Leach uh, being in the Pac-12. So yeah. that um, <laughs> I already know. I already know what to expect. I I already know that you know if we don't get pressure on Will Rogers, it could be a long day. Right. I'm already aware of that. Uh, but from our offense, um, I think it's a little mixture of both. Um, I, I want to say it's more kind of balanced. Um, maybe some uh, misdirection, play action. Um, I mean, it, it's kind of pro style. He wants to bring in the tight end and, you know, utilize the tight ends a little more. Um, I mean, we – we do dink and dunk and then kind of, you know, find those chunk plays. But I'd say like the run game is kind of where we're, we use the running game in order to open up the passing game. Right. Yeah. And get those opportunities. Um, if we have to, we will pass more than once, but um, like you'll see, we, we use a lot of different running backs within uh, the game plan. It's not just one running back. You'll see multiple running backs being involved. Yeah, what? Dolores seemed like an athlete and definitely like somebody that when he got out of the pocket was dangerous. And actually, I was looking and he was a he was a leech recruit uh, to Wazoo mm -hmm. right before Leech left. So I found that interesting because that's not like Leech's prototypical looking QB. I mean, not like not like that, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, he's not really known for recruiting like athletic guys uh, at the QB position. And you know, it's crazy too because um, I I. I had the pleasure. I don't think Leach was at Texas Tech at that time, but um, I had the pleasure of watching Patrick Mahomes in uh, college. Now, granted, I'm nowhere comparing Delora to Patrick Mahomes, but the kind of swagger that he plays with gives me kind of those same like feelings when I watch yeah. Delora. Like, um, uh. I have to thank uh, Kevin Barney. He's one of uh, uh, he works for Arizona Zlots, and uh, he's given me a huge amount of information on Jaden Delora before he even transferred over. He was telling me how great he is and everything. And then when I, when I saw him in person and like really saw what he could do, man, that that dude is. I mean, like he's got a cannon for an arm, quick release, um, uh, understands pressure. 
um, has a good pocket presence. I mean, it, you know, checks off a lot of the boxes that you expect from a quarterback. And yeah, he might make a mistake here and there, but he's that, that game manager or that, uh, that playmaker. Like he's going to go in there. Like even if he makes a mistake, he's like, you know what? I'm going to pick up my team and I'm going to make a play. Next play, uh, type guy. Yeah. And he's, uh, well, this is his third year playing football. Yep. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Cause I, th- I thought he was at Wazoo and then transferred. Um, after but yeah it's interesting uh let's see who uh well i'll just say this so sdsu they ran the ball 42 times last week and only attempted 16 passes like it's obviously a big flip of a switch for y'all because you're probably going to defend 50 passes tomorrow like how much do you think that's going to affect the game just being such a big change from week to week? oh yeah i i think I think honestly, from a game aspect, I think both of our defenses are kind of going to be a little, uh, a little pressed. Um, I think our defenses are probably going to have a harder time than our offenses are. I think our offenses are probably going to be pretty consistent. I'm not saying that you know we're going to be scoring on every drive, but I, I could see it being kind of a shootout. Um, it didn't look like your defense played a great game it didn't look like they paid a played a bad game but i was expecting them to do better than what um what they did maybe maybe i had higher expectations i'm not too sure um i didn't think memphis was that great but um but i i do think that our our defense is gonna have to find a way to get pressure on will rogers um and if we can't get pressure, we're going to have to kind of mix up the reads and uh, find a way to kind of uh, get interceptions or turnovers for that matter. Cause um, I don't think that we can just lean on like letting you guys score and being able to keep up at that point. I mean, yeah. our offense is prolific and I do think we can score with you guys, but you know, I would say that we're still learning how to be a good team. Whereas right. I think Mississippi state has at least, at least understands what it's like to be a good team. Yeah. I, well, I feel that. I feel like y'all are in position like the way we were last year. Uh, just like big transition year two. Yeah. Uh, just trying to figure out we were in, within like so many close games. Like we could have won uh, nine or 10 games last year, but just like lost cause we couldn't kick the ball and just had like silly mistakes. And then like the fluke at Memphis, uh, but what you said about, like, our defense, like, yeah, they were really good through, like, the third. They'd only allowed 40 yards. And then, like, with the rain delay and the game ending at, like, 1 a.m., I just felt like they were tired. They'd been out there since 6 uh, and just kind of just, I don't know, just got really lackluster. I'm not trying to make an excuse for them. That's just what it looked like. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think some points are going to be scored tomorrow both ways for sure. I'm with you on that. Well, I just hope that that's not the case tomorrow because, you know, we're going out to Arizona and we're starting the game at – eight o'clock our time and it's going to be a, it's going to be a late one or no, it's 10 o'clock our time, right? 10 o'clock our time. Yeah. 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 So it's going to be a late game. So I hope that, you know, they've, uh, when did they go out there? Did they go out there yesterday or today? I think yesterday. Well, I hope that, you know, they get some shed eye and get used to the time change because I don't need a bunch of tired defensive linemen at 10 30 in the second quarter. 
Yeah, and that makes me uh, wonder, we're talking about just kind of like off the field, um, I guess, factors here. Like, what is the weather like there right now? Like, is it is it a dry, hot heat? Or like, is, like what is it like at night? I'm just curious. So right now, it's actually pretty cool. Um, we actually have a storm that's coming in. So okay. it might actually be raining during the game, which is crazy to think. But uh, that, that would be good for y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Sometimes, uh, sometimes weather doesn't always play in your factor. I mean, if if we were talking like, uh, I don't know, like a Minnesota where you're playing in like freezing weather, I think that yeah. would play to our advantage. But you know, I know you guys definitely get some rain down there. And uh, is it Starkville? Yeah, yeah, Starkville. Yeah. So um, I don't know if rain would per se, you know, help our cause. But I mean. Hot weather is not really something that bothers us. Um, you know, like, that's why, like, when we went down to San Diego, man, mm-hmm. we play in the weather all the time. I mean, right. Right, yeah. uh, well, 100 degree weather is normal here in Tucson. Well, see, you know, I'm not real worried about the heat because we got heat down here. I'm just worried about the dry heat and people getting dehydrated quicker than they're used to, you know. Yeah, so and I like, think the elevation is a lot higher there. Yeah, we have, like, muggier – I mean, our, our 80 – probably feels like y'all's like 95 uh yeah. just because the humidity is so much worse but yeah with the elevation and the, and the dry heat i'm just curious like i mean you're used to it obviously but i'm just, I'm just curious from our athletes perspective how big of a change it would be i'm, I'm curious to see that uh maybe no factor yeah. at all it may be a big factor of the fourth quarter i'm not sure um so i i definitely feel like it will play an effect um i i think the biggest thing is you know just as long as the players are staying hydrated, um, the one thing that you can see with it being that hot is you could possibly see like cramping, you know, like hamstrings and you know yeah. those kind of things populate because you know you have to keep hydrating yourself. And um, with the heat, it's so random too. Like here, like sometimes we'll get like those those thin clouds, and it looks like it's shady, but it's hot. Right. And then next, you know, you're like, oh, snap, I'm dehydrated. And you're having to like drink a bunch of water and like, like recoup yourself because you, you, you didn't realize that you were actually getting overheated at that. Moment. Sounds like being on the beach pretty much. <laughs> you yeah. Get hotter and you get burnt like before you even realize it type deal. Yep. That's literally what can happen. Well, uh, what it, what is your expectations? And this is on a bigger picture, um, just like for the future of the Pac-12, uh, with all the, I guess the changes and in, in conferences um, and alignments and stuff. Like, where do you think uh, the Pac-12 will be in, like, say, five years? Uh, it's it's going to be eye opening. Um, I I think that we're going to see a lot of changes. Um, and I feel like the changes are going to come sooner rather than later. Um, I do think like the kind of going off a little bit, but um, the, the new playoff setup that they have coming out, I think that does help the Pac-12. Maybe that holds us off from having to have people leave the conference right. for a little bit. But um, if, if I were Arizona, just personally, just based off of what, what I've seen and like the numbers wise, I just don't think staying in the Pac-12 is going to benefit us at this moment. Um, at this point, you are 
trying to find the best fit for yourself and make sure that you stay relevant. Um, uh, I feel like us joining the pack it with UCLA and USC leaving the pack 12, what that does is that now means that there's only one other team in the pack 12 that is actually a premier basketball school in that conference, which would be Oregon. So now we're talking about, okay, so we only have one premier matchup in our conference for basketball. So that means we have to go outside of our conference to even get good basketball games now. And this yeah. is Arizona we're talking about. So Arizona has yeah. always been a good basketball school. Right. So me personally, I think a move to the Big 12 would be amazing because not only are we getting a, um, a really good uh, area for football, but we'd also be hitting the mark on the basketball side. And I mean, you're talking about Texas tech, Baylor, Kansas, um, Iowa state, you know, there's, there's some really good schools in there um, that would really help us, you know, keep the basketball thing good, but allow us to play against some of these really good football teams too. And I think that that's kind of how I see it going. Um, it, it could go in no, numerous of ways. I mean, I, I would love for the Pac-12 to stay around and be relevant, but unfortunately, like that alliance, I mean, it, it pretty much seems like a joke at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I mean, I thought George was going to come in and like change the change the perspective of the Pac-12, and it's like almost reversed <laughs> my feelings on the whole situation. Who would uh who would be your candidate to or I guess make the most sense to go with y'all to join the Big Twelve if that were to happen? Um I honestly I, I wanna say probably four teams. Um yeah. granted, as much as I don't like ASU, um I'm I am a U of A fan, diehard, and I will always say uh ASU, but on the sense of just making sense. You have to bring the Phoenix market with you. Um, you know, want to keep the rivalry a lot too. You know. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the oldest rivalry in college football, so mm-hmm. that in itself is important. Um, and then from an aspect of if we're talking four teams, I think you still bring Colorado, and I think you also bring Utah. Um, yeah. I think if, if you bring those four schools, then you have the option. Okay, let's. Let's go out. Let's get San Diego State. That's in California. We can bring them in. And then you can possibly bring one more team from the East Coast. And then you have, you know, kind of somebody else to put with UCF because kind of UCF's on kind of on an island by themselves now. So if you bring in one more school, maybe like USF or something like that, now you're now you got something like that. I mean, maybe yeah. not use USF, but <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it would kind of make the Big 12 seem more like a power conference. Yeah, more outbranched. And at that point, obviously, like the Pac-12 would dissolve. Um, But uh, what I kind of see happening, and it may be five years, maybe ten, I just feel like we're headed toward uh, an AFC, NFC type situation. I just feel like with with USC and UCLA breaking the geography mold like really hard, I mean, as hard as you can, I just don't see – the conferences holding together the way they are. I think, you know, Oregon's probably going to make some moves because they're going to be 
worried that they're going to be like the last team left in the in the Pac-12 that has like a pedigree like that. Uh, and then who knows with what's left in the Big 12 schools. I mean, I feel like there, eventually there's going to be this big scramble and then like the, the better G5 teams will move up and also be absorbed in, and it's going to be just like two conferences. I, I could just see it happening. I may be completely wrong, but it's just a feeling I have. Well, and I, I feel like the ACC is kind of in the same situation that the Pac-12 is yeah, in. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I mean, from a basketball standpoint, they might be okay, but from a football standpoint, I mean, I mean they're going to get swallowed up. I mean, there's just no question. I mean – and you know most of the like all this conference stuff like as much as a lot of people do love basketball most of the decisions being made with football in mind first that's just because that's where most of the money comes from you know yep so and that's that's the truth i mean like um i i'll be honest i'm kind of shocked clemson hasn't already moved on yeah i mean football obviously is king but honestly it's just for a mark it's for a market overall i mean it's what's going to get eyes on your team and what's going to draw more financially for not only football, but every athletic program you have, obviously football is going to make the most and basketball is going to make the second most. Uh, but yeah, like I, I agree with you. Like I would, I mean, look at the ACC last year, like Wake Forest and Pitt were your ACC championship game. I mean, I mean if it's, it's you couldn't draw it up like that. No, no, I, I would have ne- never in a billion years placed even a $1 bet on that. Hey, truthfully though, I did bet five dollars on Arizona to win the Pac-12 conference. Uh, just because you know we did win the first game, so that gave me at least enough uh, feeling to start off on that note. Um, what was the payout win, on that? Thousand dollars. Okay, hey man, I mean it's five dollars, five dollars, and yeah. after you see or- Oregon play like poop and Utah lose, I mean. You know, who's there's to say chance. who's to say it yeah. can't happen? So you're saying there's a chance. Maybe there's a maybe there, there, Caleb, Caleb, a chance. <laughs> Caleb Williams could break his ankle tomorrow and then you're looking at it and you're like, Well, hey, maybe uh we, we got a real shot here. Yep. But, and uh, like I said, the the Pac twelve seems like it's a lot more open than it has been in years past. 100%. Um I, I think, you know, we have a lot of transfers. Um, in our conference this year, you know, you're you're talking about Cameron Ward, who came from uh, Incarnate, uh, Incarnate World. Yep. Uh, <laughs> whatever that is. Yeah, yeah, whatever that school is. Um, and then you got Michael Penix Jr. that came from um, Indiana. You have Caleb Williams that came from Oklahoma. You have Jaden Delore that came from uh, Washington mm-hmm. State, and then you have Emory Jones. Did he come from Ohio? Yeah, I came from Florida. Florida. Yeah, Florida. That's right. Yeah. He's awful. So, I mean, oh, he was awful? Yeah. Who, who does he play for now? Arizona State. Oh, really? Oh, dude. Yeah, he was garbage. He's the reason Dan Mullen lost his job. <laughs> he, he played him over uh, AR-12, who, who's like Florida's QB now. And you see what, wow. what he did against Utah last week. But, yeah, Emory, Emory was actually a Mississippi State commit at one time right before Dan left and I'm we did not want Dan to leave but if da- if that was Dan Mullen's future at Mississippi State I'm glad that yeah, he left because Emory was so bad I'm glad he went with Dan down there yeah 100% uh so I have a question for you guys so yeah was was Joe Moorhead your OC no he no, was, he was he our was head coach, coach for 2 years he yeah. was he was after Dan before Leach 
okay, so he he went to Cal. I mean, sorry, he went to Oregon. Oregon, yeah. Um, and um, looking on Oregon, you know, they had they had uh, Joe Moorhead, they had um, Tim DeRuiter, uh from Cal as their mm-hmm. defensive coordinator, and then they had um, Mario Cristobal as their head coach. Um, and what is really interesting is the the head coach, the coaches that Dan Lanning brought in was really surprising. Um, just based off of like who he could have brought in, and you see the player, the people that he did bring in, I just don't know if he made the right moves coaching wise for himself. Uh, well, I mean. Who who is his OC now? Uh it is I'm trying to remember who it was. And I completely forgot that Dan Lanning was uh Georgia's DC last year before you even said his name. Mm-hmm. Uh Oregon offense coordinator. I, I looked it up. Oh, Kenny Dillingham. So he was uh at Florida State and Auburn recently. Uh Wait, so what is Moorhead doing in Oregon now? No, so Joe was the OC, but he's Akron's head coach now. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I didn't know that he had been let go. I I, I must have missed that. Well, I mean, I, I don't think he was fired. It was just like when Crystal Ball went to Miami, I mean, the coaching staff just kind of dissolved, and I think gotcha. Joe and, went to Akron. And then Tosh Lapoy is the, the defensive coordinator. Well, uh, dude did not get off to a hot start last week. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, and Tosh Lapoy comes from like uh, NFL and then he did college before that. But um, like when you just think of like this is Oregon we're talking about. You're telling me we couldn't get like a top Somebody defensive better. coordinator, a top offensive yeah. coordinator? Like, um, I mean, cool. Kenny Dillingham might be good and all, but like, I mean, Florida State wasn't that good in offense. No, no, not not since uh, Jimbo was there, and even his last couple of years, they weren't good. Willie Tagger was awful. I don't know if he was there when Willie was there, but gosh, he was a disaster. Yeah, that was a, that was awful, man. I thought uh, Willie Tagger when he came from Oregon was going to be good, and that was a complete bust. Yeah, and like on Dan Lanning, I mean, dude is thirty six. Like that is that is mind blowing to me. Uh, he's like the Sean McVay of college football, I guess. But Sean's actually a good coach, um, and Dan's TB, TBD. I'm not writing him off yet, but I thought yeah. I thought that Oregon would have been, been able to pull somebody uh, bigger name or at least with more experience than him. So um, we'll see how that pans out. It's not off to a great start. Yeah. I understand Georgia's really good, but still, I I personally think Oklahoma got the best coach personally, uh, just based off class, of class probably. Uh, but- uh brent venables is amazing man uh i think a large part of why um Dabo's had so much success is brent venables Agreed. that dude is amazing coach yeah what no absolutely Kelly? he's not in the running for the best coach <laughs> Bro, last year <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, uh best coach at making awkward videos oh yeah, yeah I, i'm oh, not a just... huge uh brandon walker like stan or anything but he said it best, like Brian Kelly literally left like one of the safest jobs in America for probably the the quickest hot seat in America. Yeah, in L- like, like if, there's, if there's one fan base that will fire a coach after one year, it's LSU. 
Yeah, and uh, them going like five and seven is not out that's of the realm of possibility. Yeah, oh, that's, that's oh yeah. But they've got a hundred million dollars invested in this guy. But if somebody's gonna, you know, pay it out, I mean, they have all this money they stole stole from the child children's hospital, so they may do it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, anyway, that's enough coaching shade. Uh, I guess we'll we'll kind of close it out and get wrapped up here. Uh, what what are your predictions for for our game tomorrow night? Uh, so I I'm gonna say that. Jaden Laura probably has, I'm going to say four TDs again. Um, I think Jacob Cowling will probably have two TDs, not three like he did last week. Um, I think we're going to have to rely on some other players. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as defensive-wise, look out for Jalen Harris. Uh, That dude's a monster on the defensive line. Uh, Hunter Eccles, who transferred from, I believe, USC. I think he came from USC. Uh, that dude's a monster. He he did hurt his arm in the San Diego State game, but um, from everything that I've read, he's going to be healthy and good to go. Um, but overall, I would say prediction-wise, I'm going to say Arizona 41, Mississippi State. 37 is that your biased or your non-biased prediction non-biased i well okay. i mean i mean granted i in my it has to be a little biased we understand yeah no i, I understand <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm just giving you a hard time i'm gonna tell you i predicted us to only win one game out of the three games that are non-conference so we already won one of those not those three non-conference games right but based off of what i saw at a san diego state I feel like we at least have a chance to win the game. Not saying we're going to win, but I do think we have a, a legit chance to at least play with oh, you yeah. guys. And, oh, yeah. I think you know, it'll be a fun game. I really do. Matt, uh, what are your predictions, man? So, I guess really the way I'm looking at it, um, from watching our offense last week uh, and our defense last week of what you were talking about, uh, I like I said, I didn't get to watch the Arizona game, but from what we've all been talking about uh, and what from what you've shared with us on the pod tonight, I'm going to say it is going to be a more high-scoring game, but I think our offense is going to best y'all's defense more than y'all's offense will best ours. Uh, so I'm thinking it's going to be like a 40-something to 20-something Mississippi State win. That's what I'm thinking. Um, we'll see. I don't know. You know. Um, I hope that's the case, but then again, you know, if we have 18 guys cramping up on defense, that's not good. So we'll see how it goes. But I, I, yeah. I think our offense will consistently move the ball, and I don't know, like I don't know enough about y'all's offense to know much. But just from what I've heard, it sounds like y'all are going to score some points. But I think our defense holds y'all a little bit more than our defense or than our defense lets up. So. Uh, I have a question. Uh, on regards to Zona's defense, are y'all gonna rush three or rush four in a um, base on a base package anyway? From what I've seen, it seems like we rush four more than we rush three. Yeah. Um, sometimes we'll we'll throw in a um cornerback blitz. Um, 
from time to time. Uh, we have enough players on defense, at least on our um, depth now, that we can we can actually have extra players um, on the line. And personally, like I said, going going back to Will Rogers and uh, Mike Leach raid, air raid offense. If you can't get to the quarterback, it's going to be a long day. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. Because uh, it's one of those offenses that once it gets going, it's on fire. But if you can, if you can slow it down off the jump and really get it uh, shook, shaken up, you really have yeah. a chance, a chance to win it's the a game. Very tempo based offense. One hundred percent. That being said, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the dogs. I think just uh, you know, in the second half, they're just going to keep it clicking, and uh, our defense is is going to play. Um, I guess pretty well. I think I feel like really good about our defensive line, our front seven in particular. Uh, we have a, a NFL corner that I think will will probably shadow uh, the guy that had three tutties last week. So uh, the five star on the other side will probably, you know, make or break y'all's uh, passing game, uh, w- whether he will pop off or not. But I'm feeling uh, 45 to 31, uh, state over Arizona. That's just what I got. Um, yeah, that's a fair assessment. I think we'll uh, they will cover, but I think it's going to be very interesting, especially first half. I think I could definitely see it uh, being like tied up or or something like that. What is um, the line at? Eleven? I think it was ten and a half last time I looked. Okay. Yeah, Just ten wondered. and a half. I didn't bet on this game. I try to not bet on games that my that I have emotional investments in because I always get hurt. So uh, unless you well, had, you could hedge I, your uh, emotions. Yeah, I can uh, bet I, Arizona, I, and then, you know, even if we lose, I still win, you know. Yeah, it's still 10 and a half. Okay. Yeah, I, see, but I, me personally, I I will bet for my team, but I will not bet against my team. So that's that's the way I go with betting. But I will tell you, I'm going to be at the U of A game tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm, I'm anxious to see, I just think from a, a standpoint of, Arizona fans have endured a lot. I mean, when you think about when I was going back to the Kevin Sumlin situation, John Makovich was our coach back in the early 2000s. He had 10 wins. Kevin Sumlin had nine wins in his tenor at Arizona. Gosh. Yeah. I mean, that's how bad he was. So, I mean, I am – with the San Diego State win, the the hype of Arizona, the players that we have, the coaches, the just the the culture being different, it being more of a family driven and really a fun vibe. I'm just hoping to see a full stadium and you know fans that are really getting involved, the Zona Zoo getting crazy. Um, you know, I hope you guys get to see that too because that is what I love about Arizona football and. We haven't had that because of, you know, the lack, for a better term, uh, mishandling of the the football team. Yeah, I feel you, man. And I really hope hope you all have that environment because I, I really hate to see, like, dead programs unless it's, like, Ole Miss or Tennessee. Then I love it. <laughs> then they can uh, die. They can yeah, they die absolutely. absolutely. I hope nobody goes to their games and I hope the stadium burns down. But yeah, as far as like somebody like y'all goes, like I have no reason to dislike Arizona at all. Uh, I've had nothing but great interactions with y'all's 
fans and stuff. Um, and y'all are interested in the uh, Super Regional last year in baseball, so that made me happy too. Yeah, that that also uh, we were all we were all pulling for you. I even saw uh, Arizona fans with uh, MSU hats on in the stands. Uh, with like AC jersey, yeah, with Arizona jerseys on, I did see that in the Super last year. Yeah, so uh, definitely, uh, definitely hope y'all, uh, you know, have a, have a good environment. And like, even if y'all lose, I seriously think y'all have a good shot. Um, if y'all keep playing, playing like the way you've been playing, uh, to to make a good run in the in the Pac-12 this year and get back on track. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks for coming out. Thanks for your time, man. And uh, good luck um, the rest of the season. Not tomorrow, but. Uh, uh, the rest of the way for sure <laughs> yeah hey good good luck to you guys too i mean uh i i mean granted i hope tomorrow is uh working for arizona not so much mississippi state but um you know you guys need all the luck you can get i mean you guys are in the sec um the sec west yeah. no less so, so i mean Bama, um, auburn well not so much auburn yeah. this year but Ar- arkansas arkansas i mean yeah Dude, that's a dog fight, man. I mean, just, I mean, look, it it's brutal. I mean, all right, <laughs> I, I'm gonna say this. However, tomorrow night goes, and you know, I'm lying to say that if we lose this game, I'm not gonna be really sad. But I'm going to wake up at 11 a.m. and watch Bama skull drag the shit out of Texas, and that's gonna get my day started off just right. So, you yeah. know, hey, <laughs> you you already know uh, that I I already bet a parlay with. Uh, Texas uh, getting their butt whooped. So well, that's good. Uh, Alabama all the way. Oh yeah, what I don't pull for Alabama a lot, but if they're playing Texas, that's one time that I will pull for Alabama. I, I just don't think Texas is that good. I mean, I I yeah. love me some Bijan Robinson, but man, Alabama is just too good for them. Yeah. Yep. Well, Bama right, by thirty five, but uh, yeah, thanks for coming out again, yeah, man. Uh, take it easy, and uh, I'm sure we'll. Uh, Probably uh, chirp back and forth on Twitter a little bit here and there. So uh, I'll be looking out for you. Hey, and uh, bear down and go cats. All right. right, See you, man. We'll see you later.